When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I've got a guy I'm very, very fascinated by, very excited to talk to. Harry Mack is in the building. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm honored to be on here. Yeah? Yeah. I'm a fan, man. Does it so make, it feel, make you feel a little bit more like you're a real rapper now? Yes. This is like a real rapper thing, I'm fin- right? Yeah, I'm finally a real rapper. Today's the day. <laughs> That's all it took. That's all it took, man. Fuck, amazing. Um, okay, so let's start from the beginning. Where, where are you from? Tell me a little bit about your early days. Yeah, I'm from Portland, Oregon, originally. Uh, born and raised there. Um, and then came down to L.A., in 2008 to was go to it a school. Lot, was it a lot like Portlandia? Yeah. Uh, less so because Portland, like, you know, I was born in 1990, so Portland was like, for, for my whole childhood, it was like the, the best kept secret kind of. Really? It wasn't flooded with uh, like it is now. Now it's a very popular place for people to move. Really? So it was um, like a cool ass place, but it didn't feel like everybody was in on the secret? Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, because now it's like a very, you know, like hip place to be or whatever. And right. everybody's moving there. The, the price to, to live there has skyrocketed. And that happened around the time of that show. But in terms of weirdos and stuff like that, it is like that for real. It's, it's always been like full that. full of extremely eccentric people. Yeah, totally. The tall bikes are real. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I recall seeing a little bit of that in my day. All right. Yeah. So but, um, <laughs> what, what kind of kid were you? And what, what, what was your family like? Uh, my family was great. Uh, it was just a normal family. I have an older sister. She's three years older than me. My parents stayed together, so that was uh, kind of unique. You know, most a lot of my friends, their parents split up at some point right. growing up. But uh, it was dope, man. I, I've always been into music. I started doing music when I was like five years old. My parents put me in like little classes where you would clap rhythms and, and, and stuff like that. Really? Um, yeah, I started playing the violin when I was seven, which was kind of like my parents. I, they were like, all right, this kid's obviously into music. Um, why don't you play an instrument? How's the violin? So I started right. learning the violin. Wow. What kind of music um, were you into, though? Like, the violin seems like probably not something that was in a lot of the music you nah, might have been listening it was, to. No, 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 no. It was just like, oh, this is an instrument that, that we sign kids up to play kind of thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I was into the first music that I was really into um, was like traditional blues, like Howlin' mm. Wolf, Muddy Waters type of shit. Yeah, like old school raw blues. Right. My dad was into some of that stuff, and he would make these little cassettes and play them for me, and that was like my favorite shit of it when I was like three years old. Right. Um, I think about that a lot, like how much am I brainwashing my kid to have the same musical yeah. taste? Because currently my kid is going to grow up with a real taste for like Detroit <laughs> early 2020s era Hell music. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, that, that'll be cool though. Yeah. Your, kid, your kid will know all the dope shit. It'd be kind of weird for my kid to be growing up with like an encyclopedic <laughs> Babyface Ray and I swear Vezo knowledge base, but you know, whatever. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so the violin, how, how far did you go with that? Uh, I played violin from the age seven to like 15 or something like that. But I always wanted to be a drummer. So when I hit fifth grade, I was like begging my parents to play the drums. Let me get a drum set. Um, Kept begging, kept begging. Eventually they got me like a used, you know, cheap drum set for a couple hundred bucks. Did you want to be like a rock drummer? I don't know. I didn't know what genre I wanted to play. I just wanted to hit shit. You know, I, I just wanted to like let out the uh i don't know get that energy out and play drums and you're just really naturally talented at any instrument that you went for or? 
Kind of. I've, I, uh, yeah, I always had the music in me, I guess. I would like beat rhythms on the tray in my high chair when I was a baby, supposedly. Really? I would start shaking when my family played music <laughs> and stuff like that. That's all I'm told. I don't remember doing any of that. But um, no, music was always just the coolest thing to me. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And so then what, what's high school like? So high school, I'm playing the drums. I kind of stopped playing the violin so I could focus on the drums. Um, and all through that time, though, starting from like sixth grade when I was 12 years old, I was rapping as well. Mm. Uh, started writing rhymes and trying to figure out how to freestyle. Do you um, remember any certain rap music that you heard that really made you fall for it? Yeah. I mean, for, for the longest time from when I was like in first grade and first like was exposed to hip hop just through my older sister being like, yo, everybody's listening to this station, Jammin' mm-hmm. 95.5. That was like the mainstream rap station in Portland. Jammin' 94.5 was the, the station in the Boston area. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, Josh knows. There it is. Uh, so my sister put me onto that, and I was just hearing the mainstream shit that was out in the you know late 90s, early 2000s. Um, but I guess when I was uh, 12 years old in sixth grade, we randomly uh, picked up this record uh, by Black Alicious called Blazing Arrow. Okay. And so Gifted Gab from Black Alicious was like the first rapper that blew my mind. Oh, really? Yeah. So you kind of ha- came from a very lyrical standpoint? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, because the way he was rapping was so much different than the shit that we were hearing on the radio, mm. which was just, you know, more mainstream and commercial. Um, so when I heard Gifted Gab, it was just like so densely lyrical and creative and crazy. Right. I remember just me and my boys all looked at each other and were like, yo, that's, that's fucking dope. Can you draw a connection between, you know, learning to play violin and drums and then wanting to rap? Like, it, does it, to you in your brain, does it kind of feel like the same skill set? Definitely, or? definitely. I mean, I'm sure the violin in a more abstract way influences just like my musicality, mm-hmm. you know? Um, the drums, though, it's a very direct connection. Like, mm. especially now that I freestyle, it's like a freestyle is like a drum solo with words. Right. You know, it's so rhythmic. I mean, the rhythmic language is just as important as like the actual vocabulary mm. to me. So I kind of see them as the same thing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I read uh, Travis Barker's biography at one point. Mm. And yes, I, I could sort of see that. How there is so much creativity in some drumming that it almost yeah. would be like picking words to say. Absolutely. Just choosing what fills you're going to use, right? Yeah, and before you have the words, like, you can get kind of far with just the rhythm, you know? I mean, I mean, as a drummer, I play jazz, so it's like the whole language is rhythmic improv. Right. So if you can, like, it's not that much of a stretch to start, yo, on the mic, I'm blessed with it. You know, you start filling it in with words. Right. But being able to improvise rhythmically is, like, a huge part of what I do now. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so you start rapping, and then how does this look throughout high school? Do you just keep getting more and more into it? or? Yeah, yeah. So I had a group. Uh, me and my uh, one of my best friends uh, at the time, uh, Brady B, is what he went by. But he was, uh, he was like getting into DJing, turntablism and stuff, mm. which was crazy. There was like a pamphlet at the middle school for like music lessons, and, and it was like you could take a, lessons in turntablism. It's kind of late. Was, was it kind of late for him to be getting into turntablism? Or how old are you? Twelve. At that time. How 12. old are you right now? Oh, 31, 32. Oh, oh, okay. I just turned 32. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that's kind of a lost art. Like, do they really teach it anymore? Or is there, I don't know. I mean, it's so different now. Because yeah. when he was getting into it, it was like vinyl still, you know? Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like toward the end of that, I guess. By mm. the time we were in high school, everything was switching over to Serato. And yeah. now it's just controllers. It's a totally different, totally different world. It's always weird when you talk to people and you realize that they spent, you know, 10, 20 years of their life learning to turntable and that nobody really <laughs> cares or there isn't really like that much that they could do with that skill set at this yeah. point. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. It's true. Yeah, mm. it's interesting. 
But, uh, but he, he was getting into that. And so we had a group uh, all through middle school. And like we made our little like demos and recordings and shit. It's hilarious, prepubescent. Like I'm rapping like Alvin and the Chipmunks voice, like high pitched voice on the record. Right. <laughs> um, and then yeah, carried it through high school. We like expanded the crew a little bit. Uh, added a, another couple homies who did beats and rapped and stuff like that. Right. And just always had a crew. Um, but back then it was like we were writing records. Now I'm really known for freestyling off top. But at that time. Pretty much everything was written and we would just freestyle for fun. Right. And uh, just started doing like the independent kind of um, rap hustle thing in Portland as a bunch of, you know, 15, 16 year olds, whatever, like renting venues and throwing shows and blowing them up at the high school and stuff like that. And, nice. Yeah. And did you feel like you had like a, a decent fan base going locally? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We, we had a good buzz going locally, especially like on the high school circuit, you know, because right. like back then, if you rented a venue, it was just like a space where there weren't going to be any parents and you could go wild out, you know? So right. it was like, that was hugely valuable to yeah. everybody at that age. So we would rent the venue and then everybody could go and, and get fucked up and do whatever and hang out at the show. Oh, so man, you guys are getting fucked up. <laughs> I was doing that, but we were having hardcore shows and we were, you know, a bunch of guys standing in a circle punching each other. Yeah. 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 We never did that part, but yeah. um, not to that level. Yeah, but it's kind of weird when I think about it. Now, <laughs> yeah. No, but it was dope. You know, people, it, it was just like a place that you could, uh, you know, like a house party, but you know, you don't have to mess up somebody's house. It was a place to drink and smoke weed and stuff like that. And right. we, we would be doing the music. Nice. Yeah. So, okay. What, what do you do when you graduate high school? Graduate high school. That's when I moved down to L.A. Uh, to go to USC. I studied jazz at oh, USC nice. as a, a jazz drummer. Wow. Yeah. And damn, I, I'm always curious about that. Like, what, what is that like? And like, how much do you feel like you were learning? And what were you planning to do with that knowledge? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck were you going to do with that degree? <laughs> I mean, I just feel like going to college. Like, I had a friend who, who was going to college for guitar back in the day. And like, that's the level of complexity that he would talk about it with. And yeah. it just blew my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes deep. You know, I learned about all that stuff, jazz harmony and composition and, um, you know, all types of crazy stuff that I'm not necessarily using now. Right. But uh, it was dope. I mean, it, it was there was good stuff and bad stuff. You know, I don't know if I would uh, recommend somebody do that at this point in time, having gone through it. You know, I just really? think I think it's kind of insane, you know, yeah. to take a like a loan or whatever to go. I mean, I had a scholarship, which helped. But like still just to spend that much money to learn to be a jazz musician yeah. where it's like, how are you going to you know, pay that back? Did you ever have a games? plan to monetize that? No, I didn't have a plan. I was just passionate about music. So mm. I was just like, let me do this. You know? And I, I've been playing jazz gigs since I was like 14 or something like that right. in Portland, like on the professional scene, just like going out and doing my little restaurant gigs and stuff like that. Do you feel like it really enriched you as a human being, like learning all that shit or, or looking back on it? Was it an important part of your development as a human? It, it was definitely an important part of my development as a human. Yeah. Um, leaving Portland was was an important part of my development, you mm. know, just to shake it up. Right. I met a lot of dope people, both in, in music school and outside of music school. I learned a lot about music and I played music constantly. And the crazy thing is, like, as much as I was playing drums uh, for my jazz degree, which was which was a, a lot. Uh, I was rapping like just as much in the mm. in the dorms, like freestyling every night and doing like you know three or four hour ciphers and shit like that. Were you thinking to yourself like, how am I gonna make rapping my job? At that time, not really. I was just kind of like, I just wasn't even on that tip, man. Mm. I was just like, fucking, I'm here, I'm having fun, I'm learning shit, I'm hanging with people. I, it hadn't yet crossed my mind that like <laughs> I would have to make a living. Yeah, you know. I mean, you're old enough that <laughs> the the that everything being viewed through the lens of 
you have to like everything has to be geared towards you becoming an influencer right which is like kind of the world that we live in now where right. like anyone who has any talent you immediately start thinking like how are they going to monetize this what's their patreon going to look 100%. like you know yes yeah. yeah it was before that it was before yeah. that like there was youtube but to my knowledge, there weren't like YouTubers like we know them today. You right. know what I mean? And it wasn't a, it wasn't like that. I mean, I wasn't even like on social media really like that. Mm. You know, um, so I was just doing it because it was the coolest shit to me. Right. You know, it was the, how I enjoyed spending my time. Definitely. Yeah. Um, okay. So then you graduate college at some point and graduate you- college 2012, um, and then it was interesting because at that time it was kind of like a. There was a, uh, a period where I was kind of struggling to figure out, you know, what the fuck I was going to do. Right. Um, still doing jazz gigs, but um, that's a super tough grind. You know, it's like restaurant bar gigs. Sometimes you're making 50 bucks a night, 75 bucks, whatever. Um, just scraping by, teaching drum lessons, um, trying to make that work. And still loving, like, you know, still loving to freestyle and loving to rap and loving hip hop. But... I think I kind of got caught up in, in the whole thing of like, well, I have a degree that says I'm a jazz drummer. I guess I got to figure this out now. Mm. You know what I mean? So I wasn't really pushing hard to, uh, to like be Harry Mack, the MC or whatever. I was just trying to figure out how to get more gigs and mm. struggling and shit like that. Um, Cause like your brain feels like you spent all this time and all this money on <laughs> yeah. the drumming shit that it's like, right. you have to use this to earn exactly. to pay back. Do you have crazy student loans? Uh, not crazy, like okay. compared to what it can be. Right. Yeah, I had student loans. Um, I recently, I just like paid them off a couple of years ago, so that's cool. Right. But um, but yeah, I had I had loans for sure. Um, but yeah, it was just a thing. I mean, you know, I was just like in my in my young twenties, I guess, um, just like with no overhead, just mm-hmm. like making my rent and spending that money, and then starting over at the top of the month, you know. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So okay, so what do you go on to do after uh, college? So I'm in that space for a long time. Um, and then I guess like the next kind of significant change was uh, at the end of 2016. Um, my friend from who I knew from jazz school, his name's Jacob Mann. He's like a dope uh, piano player and composer. He had made a jazz album and he was like, bro, I'm trying to come up with a, a creative way to promote the record. So I remixed my jazz song and made it into like a beat, you know, like a hip hop beat. And I was thinking you could freestyle on it. He knew I freestyled like crazy. Everybody knew that in college. I would always like freestyle and cypher at parties and shit. We had a band and would do house parties and stuff. So he was aware of that. And uh, so I said, yeah, sure. Uh, you know, just doing a favor to him, whatever. We, we, our idea was I would drive a car down Sunset Boulevard, um, his car, because I didn't have the aux cable. So we drove his car, <laughs> plugged the beat in, and just rap about the shit as it's going by, you know, so that there's changing scenery and hopefully people believe it's it's actual freestyle, you know? Right. And this just always came super naturally to you that you were able to just freestyle your ass off? No, no, no. I worked on it. My first freestyles were trash, but I was 12. Right. You know? Yeah, I practiced. So you think it took a lot of practice? Like, because at this point, it just seems so effortless. Like, it's just this thing that's just built into you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nah, I definitely I definitely hammered it into my myself, man, through practice. Right. I think I had a knack for improv, you know? Meaning, like, I think that uh, my brain is good at jumping... I know my brain is good at jumping to a bunch of different things quickly, right. you know, uh, which is a hindrance in a lot of situations, but it helps when you're freestyling. Do you ever think about like what's actually happening in your brain when you're freestyling? Like, yeah. like how early does the next bar exist in your head before you say mm. it? Because it is so crazy to think about 
the fact that your brain can be generating lyrics yeah. like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I'm only, uh, no, no, it's, it's, uh, I want to do the thing where they put the, you know, the, like, look inside my brain Ooh, while I'm doing a freestyle. That would be interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a dope uh, YouTube video, that I think. That could probably tell us a lot. But uh, to answer your question, I'm only, like, I'm slightly ahead of where I'm at. Freestyling is like juggling. Um, as you're throwing something, you're simultaneously aligning your hand to catch the, the ball that's falling, you know? So um, it becomes this sort of fluid thing. If I'm going to do a, a rap about the bottle, you know, first I set it up. So what rhymes with bottle? Model. So, yo, shining in the spotlight, something like a model, staying hydrated. Like, and now I know I'm going to say bottle. So while I finish out that sentence of staying hydrated like the water in the bottle, I'm looking to your coffee and then I'm thinking, stop me, we'll lead to coffee. So I'm kind of like daisy chaining and just overlapping slightly, mm. if that makes sense. And is this something, did you actually study it? Did you get on Google and be like, how to freestyle? <laughs> no, hell no. Or is it just something that you worked on by just sort of trying it over and over at, and over? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at first it was just trying it over and over and over. Right. Um, and then it was like discovering great freestylers, you know, like discovering Super Nat and just being like, what the fuck? Having my mind blown right. um, by him and being like, how the fuck is he doing that? That's impossible. Right. You know, and then just listening again and again. And you start to pick up little sort of like techniques that people use um, and just going from there, you know, studying the greats and, and just doing it again and again and again. And then it got to a point where it was like, yo. I want to like make it crazier, you know, like what's the next step? And I would create little exercises and ways to sort of uh, get better, right. you know, um, and I still do that constantly. And I think I'll be doing that forever. I think that's kind of the biggest thing I gained from being a drummer and being a musician is like, I know how to practice um, sort of like self guided, you know, like I know how to be like, yo, if I watch what I do and I don't like something about it, I'll work on creating an exercise to fix it. You know, and things of that nature. So describe an exercise like in terms of like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like you mean just like coming up with a word and trying to think of like, have you done that so many times that like there's almost no word that somebody could throw at you kind that of. wouldn't that would throw you for a loop? Basically, yeah, like most words, I'm, I'm it seems like I freestyled about most words that people would come up with right. unless it's like a novelty word that they searched like, you know, crazy medical, t you know, there's like, there's plenty of words. I don't know what they mean. Yeah. So you could stump me with that. But, but just the sheer like experience that you have must be such an advantage in the sense that, you know, you like, you must just have like, like metaphors and like, you know, jokes and shit on deck that you yes. already have said that just you could pull it out of your ass. It seems like it's totally impromptu, but you said this before and it's like, yeah. it's going to get a fucking like people can't even wrap their head around this because it, to them, it right. seems like the first time you've ever done it. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a, a, a big part of freestyling is building a vocabulary, you mm -hmm. know, and so like a, a good freestyle to me is like a mix of like truly, truly in the moment inspired improvisation that's really happening kind of in the moment for the first time. And then also, you know, of course, there's going to be those things that you've thought about before, sort of you've connected those dots already and you can pull them out mm. while your brain is breathing and thinking of the next thing. The weird thing, too, is that you're like having a self edit, like you might think of a bar in your head and then. The other part of your brand is like, no, that's going to sound weird or that's yeah, going to yeah, sound yeah. creepy or that's going to that's kind of offensive. Like, no, you got to say it like this. And like you're doing all that while you're actually saying a sentence. <laughs> but like, it's kind of like amazing that the human brain is capable. of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, that part. But you know what's funny is like back in the day, 
I would me and when like me and the homies were freestyling like seventh eighth grade or whatever. You would say a lot more like creepy shit or stupid yeah. or weird shit, or shit where you're like, oh, I don't fucking like, <laughs> I don't mean that. Your white boy humor on point, like the gay jokes and shit. You know? yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, yeah, exactly that type of thing. And That's then, usually where my brain goes when we're freestyling in here and we're <laughs> right. high as fuck, and I'll just say the fucking gayest thing possible, and just <laughs> somehow my brain is just tuned that way. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that was then the afterward, like explaining it while you're rapping and being <laughs> yeah. like, oh, but I don't mean that. But it's cool if you are. <laughs> But I also, uh, it's like this mental overload of like trying to figure out your stance on what you just said while you're rapping. I know, uh, I hate that because it's so much harder when you just say something stupid as fuck and then just keep going. Yeah, exactly. Move on. Exactly. Let it go. Yeah, Let it go. Like that's just some normal shit. Yeah, but the key to that is you have to build out a lot of headroom, you know, because um, what, what I mean is like, I've practiced so much and added on so many techniques on top of the kind of the baseline level. Mm. So that um, I'm always trying to be doing shit that's really at a high level. Mm. But if I need to like self edit or if I think of something, I'm like, that won't work. Um, it just drops down to like the baseline level, mm. if that makes sense. Instead of like back in the day, if I was going to say something weird and I didn't want to say it, I just have to stumble and stutter and stop rapping or whatever. Mm. But it's almost like there's this kind of baseline level of being able to do basic lines about the things I'm seeing that can almost just like run on autopilot because I've been doing it for so many years. Yeah. Like you could always like, like think about bottle. I mean, you could just basically say I'm posted up on the block with a bottle. Yeah, and that sounds like a bar, even though like what what, what are you actually saying? Like, because you could say I'm posted up on the block with a coffee cup, right? You know, it just sounds like yeah, I'm driving down the street with a coffee cup. It's the same <laughs> fucking thing, but like, sure, you know, it sounds like a rap lyric. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're getting deep here. We are. Yeah. We're going in. So what? Wait, what happened in this video? You're, you're, you you filmed one where you were mm, rapping mm, over mm, your mm. your beat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I did the video with my friend Jacob uh, and. Um, I didn't have a YouTube channel or anything of that nature. You know, I just did this as a favor to him. Mm. Like, whatever, he was, he was my boy, so I did the freestyle. Didn't think much of it. Took, like, half an hour. Uh, we got lunch afterwards. And then I, like, went home. And then, like, about a week later, I woke up from a nap. And my roommate at the time, I came out, and she was like, yo, uh, you're going viral right now. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? She was like, yo, this video of you freestyling driving the car is, like, number one on Reddit videos right now. And all these people are seeing your video. Wow. And I was like, what the fuck? And I took my phone out and it was just a trip. You know, it was on his channel. I didn't have a YouTube or anything like that. But I would just remember like, this is the first time I had that experience where I was like scrolling down and like chunks of thousands of views were like, or hundreds of views, whatever it was. It was just going up fast, you mm. know, the view count. And uh, it blew my mind. And that video got like 100,000 views overnight. And, uh, and then it totally fell, fell to the bottom of the list and stopped getting views at that point. But really? Yeah, but it got the quick 100K. Mm. And, uh, That's and enough to get you motivated. It was enough to get me motivated, man, absolutely. And I was like, yo, fuck this. Like, I've been struggling to figure out this jazz thing for long enough. Like, my heart is really with, with freestyling and rapping. And, and it was just eye-opening. And to see that, yo, there's this much energy around this thing that I'm doing that I didn't even think anything of it. I just, mm. you know, took 20 minutes and made this thing and it did this, like... What could happen if I actually like dig in and try to make something? Right. Because your brain had never really shifted to I could be a rapper. Yeah. It had? But you, no. Did you reject it? Like, no, I am white. I, I, maybe I don't want to be a rapper. Yeah, like basically, you know, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Every white guy who even thinks about rapping has got to have a lot of insecurity attached Absolutely. to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. And like, you know, I had, I had already like been passionate about being a rapper like when we were young yeah. and like when it didn't really matter. You know what I mean? But, but you were doing it in such like a goofy, fun like way that doesn't really carry the weight of like right. in our society, if you become a rapper, right. it's not supposed to just be like a fun thing that you 
you do for enjoyment. It's right. supposed to be like, no, you do this, you become rich and famous, exactly. and then you get on love and hip hop. That's, exactly. That's, exactly. To be a rapper, that's what being a rapper is. And like yeah. that path in my mind was like completely unrealistic. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what I'm going to do with my jazz drumming degree. Like, I'm going to do that. Like, yeah, it just right. didn't make any sense. It didn't add up. So, um, you know, I was, it, was, it was these like self limiting beliefs. I was like telling myself that that's not real for me. And then all it took was just getting a little taste of like, holy shit, man, like, maybe it is. You they know? like me. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. At least at least some people like me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. 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 Mm. That's dope. Yeah. What's so up? how do you proceed from there? What did your, your early uploads look like? So from there, uh, <laughs> I I hit up Jacob who who made the beat and I was like, yo, can we get lunch? Like, and I was just picking his brain because I knew nothing. Like I didn't have like a professional Facebook page or even like an like my IG was just a personal IG and mm. posted like a pic every couple months. And and so I was like, what should I do? He's like, dude, you should just make your own YouTube channel and start posting videos, you know? Mm. So I made my channel channel and I said I'm gonna do a video every week um I just set that as like a way to like hold myself accountable and try to like get some shit moving mm -hmm. and I just made little vi I, I said you know no matter what it is even if I just like film myself selfie mode freestyling in my room at least I'll post something mm. so I did some videos like in my room freestyling with like random word generators and stuff and uh they would do they would get like a thousand views maybe you know um because i would link them to the one with the 100k and be like oh check out my new one you know right. or whatever uh and then uh i realized that the videos weren't doing enough because they weren't like risky enough or they weren't scary enough for me to make it was like too easy mm. um and it was actual freestyling it was actually freestyling yeah okay. always always it was always off top that was the whole thing and then uh I was like, well, let me get outside the house. We, I lived right around the corner from this liquor store that I would go to all the time. And I went down there and I was like, bro, can I run through the store and freestyle about all the shit or whatever? I don't mm. think he knew what I was asking him. Right. And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> we came in <laughs> with the camera and, you know, I picked up all this stuff from the shelves and freestyled about it. And that one was like, oh, this one got 10K views or whatever. Okay, we're going somewhere. And then it was in February 2017. So just a couple months after I had that first video. Um, I was like, you know what? Let's like go to Venice Beach because it's so crazy out there and there's like, street performers and people out there doing shit like that already. Let's just go out there and, and freestyle and, mm. and see what happens. And so we went out there and I ended up doing this freestyle like on the Venice boardwalk. Uh, we were getting rejected. Every, we would go up to people, yo, can I freestyle for you? They'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> or like store owners being like, yo, you gotta move, get the fuck away from my store, whatever, whatever. So we were all like disheartened, you know, like fuck man, yeah. what are we gonna, and so eventually my friend's like, dude, just start freestyling right now. So played the beat, uh, started freestyling, and like I would rap about the people passing by, and then one by one people stop, you know, and it starts forming this crowd. And it was kind of like unbelievable because the crowd was just like this like diverse representation of like it looked like we hired extras to mm. try to cover like a wide range of like people in Venice. Right. Venice like, is like that though for it sure. Is. It's a very diverse crowd. Yeah. Oh, it ab absolutely, absolutely. So down we by had, the beach, you got all kinds of fucking creatures. It's it's like another country out there. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's another world. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so yeah, we ended up building a crowd of like, yeah, I don't know, maybe 40 people or something like that. I'm not sure. But uh, this crowd forms around me organically. And then the hook of the video was my finger slipped on the iPod and then it went to the Twista Overnight Celebrity beat, uh. which is like, you know, it's like a, a fast, like double time flow on the beat. So it went to that and I paused it because I didn't mean to do that. And I was like, um, and then the dude standing in the crowd was like, I want to hear you do that one. And so I turned to the camera and I go, oh, shit. And then I, I was like, all right. And I pressed play on it. The second half is all like this really fast, like double time flow, yeah. freestyling about people's outfits and shit. And mm. so it went crazy in the second half. Right. And, uh, and that video went, went crazy. It went crazy. We posted it on YouTube. It got like 30,000 views on YouTube or something the first day. But then there was this Facebook like repost of it on some viral Facebook channel. Like uh, mm. it's called Viral Thread. They got like 
my, I remember my friend called me and was like, bro, like the video, like it says M. Like it says the M next to it. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and when I looked at it, it, it that, that repost got like 14 million views or something over the course of, of, a, of a couple weeks or something like that wow. and got reposted everywhere. And that was kind of like a huge pivot point for me. That's when, you know, I got hit up by Jay Cruz and them to come on the radio. I got to rap for like Joey Badass and eventually Kendrick Lamar. I got to go on the Ellen show and all this other crazy shit happened from the result of kind of the momentum of that video. Wow. Yeah. What, okay. There's so many uh, moments to break down <laughs> right there. Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out what order we should go in. Like what, what were like the first ones? Like, I don't know if we should go Ellen or if we should go like <laughs> rapping in front of Lil Wayne or whatever. <laughs> Lil Wayne. I never got to rap for Lil Wayne. Oh, it wasn't Lil Wayne? Who was it? There's a conspiracy video that oh. says that I, I rap for Lil Wayne. I think that was just buried in my head because I saw that title. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a video that says Harry Mack is a fraud and it claims that none of that all my freestyles are written. Okay. But it's a parody video, so yeah. he shows me with Kendrick and it says... Well, yeah, you're, yeah. you're currently talking to somebody who spent like five minutes of their life watching that video before I scrolled <laughs> down to the comments and realized it wasn't real. And I, Because for a moment, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to ask him about all this shit. <laughs> yes, dude. I can't wait to clear the air. Please, I'm man. like, you're cheating, dude? You're fucking reading lyrics off the screen? What the fuck? <laughs> I was saying, I don't think I have enough controversy to come on No Jumper Man, but maybe uh, I do. Maybe man. I do. Um, <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, the first thing that happened, um, I got an email. Like, at the, So the video was going viral. I'm, I'm completely new to this whole world. I can't believe it's happening. I have no management or anything. I mean, it's just me like with my little pages or whatever, and everything's getting flooded. And then there was this email that was, uh, luckily it was like all caps in the subject because there were so many random fucking emails coming in, and it was just like freestyle on uh, Power 106. You know, and so, of course, I, I knew Power 106 just from living in L.A. and knowing the radio and shit. And so um, it was from uh, Edgar Preciado, who worked at, at Power at the time. And he was like, yo, do you want to come on and do a freestyle on the show? You know, I, and so uh, I was like, hell yeah. And so I went down there and um, we were just going to do they were just going to do like a little uh, feature on me or whatever for their YouTube channel. Um they just like asked me a few questions and it was a little interview thing. And then we did this like walk through acapella, like walk through the office, got in the elevator. I'm freestyling about whatever I can see as we walk by, go down to the street and I'm rapping on the way to the cafe. We like mm. ordered food. It was just this one take kind of walking, roaming freestyle. Right. Um, and so we did that and I thought that was going to be the end of the day. And then we went back up to the station and they were like, oh, we got to introduce you to E-Man. Like he's the, you know, uh, program coordinator here. So, you know, going to his office, and he's like, yo, Harry Mack, you killed that, man. We want to invite you to uh, be, you know, on the lineup for our Powerhouse 2017 festival, which, Ooh. like, Lil Wayne and Big Sean were headlining the festival. Right. And so I was like, holy shit. Uh, you know, at that point, I'm like, this is the best day of my life so mm. far. Got to be on the radio. Now I'm getting added to this festival. I mean, you know, granted, I was, like, the very first, the smallest name at the very bottom, very, you know, 10-minute slot. But, like, I went from just making these couple YouTube videos to being on that lineup, um, which was crazy. And uh, so I thought the day was going to end there. And then as I'm walking out of the, the studio, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 one other thing, one other thing. And like stopped me literally halfway out the door. He's like, I just thought of this, bro. Like, are you a Joey Badass fan? I was like, hell yeah. You know, I, I fuck with Joey Badass a lot. They're like, cool. Well, he's here right now, like doing promo for, for his album that's about to come out. Like, we haven't asked him yet, but if he's down, would you want to do a freestyle for him? Right. I was like, yeah, let's do it, you know. Um, and so... They like put me in this little side room with speakers. I can hear like his interview happening and shit. I'm getting like super nervous, <laughs> sitting there waiting, like, you know, for a lot of reasons. Cause one, it would be, you know, it's kind of like my first big look uh, rapping for somebody like that. And then yeah. 
also, you, you never know if people are going to want that to happen in the first place or if it's going to be weird or, or what the situation is. But um, it ended up being super dope, man. I got called into the room. Uh, Joey threw out words and I did a freestyle in front of him and uh, and he was loving it and gave props at the end. And they posted that video to, to their YouTube and it went crazy. Right. Um, Do you ever get nervous? Like I was thinking about it on the Venice thing and then thinking about the fucking Joey Badass thing. Like, yeah. Are these, are these like nerve wracking experiences? I'm sure now you don't feel nervous, but like that Venice shit, was that initially like very nerve wracking? Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was scary. It, it, it's just scary to go out there and you're so exposed, you know? Uh, and you're just going up to strangers like, yeah. you know, asking to do this thing. And, you know, everybody thinks you're going to suck like 100 percent. You know, I would think the same thing, you know. And uh, so but that's kind of the fun of the game, you know, is overcoming that. And then and then swaying people, you know, turning skeptics to believers. That's kind of the whole thing. Right. But yeah, I was and I was definitely scared to go in there and rap for Joey, too, because it just came out of nowhere. Like, I I didn't show up that day expecting that to happen. Yeah, because I mean. Is your brain like imagining worst case scenario? Like worst case scenario, I think would probably be like him laughing at you and yeah. just like basically making a joke out of you. Yeah, 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 hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, or just like who the fuck is this guy? Like, why yeah. is he crashing my interview? That was kind of my biggest concern was that it just wouldn't be welcome. You know, yeah. he's on there to do promo. Yeah. So and then in comes this random dude he's never heard of. Yeah. It's like, yo, this guy's gonna do a performance for you. You know, it could it could could have been weird. But jo- shout out to Joey, man, because he was super cool. Right. They showed him a bit of the video before I came in there, and he was like, "Fuck yeah, bring him in." Let's Let's do it. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever had any like really traumatizing, terrible experiences <laughs> where people react to you in like a really like disgusted or notable way? Um, like particularly out on the street. Damn, that's a good question. I mean, usually not really, not after I've started rapping. You never had a dude try to beat your ass? No. Okay. No, luckily not. Not yeah. yet. It'll yeah. be awkward, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a girl, just like girls probably think you're trying to hit on them all the time, right? Definitely. I mean, everybody thinks I'm trying to sell them something. Mm. You know, I've had to try to work on the approach to make it less salesy. You know? Really? Yeah. Like if you sometimes if you walk up to people with a certain energy, it's like, hey, how you doing today? You know, they're gonna be like, oh no, no. Right. You know. Yeah. So it has to be kind of like, yo, yo, can I freestyle for you or whatever? <laughs> as long as they feel like you're not trying to get them to join the Mormon Church. <laughs> exactly. You, you should be alright. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's a general guideline. Um, okay, so uh, then wh- wh- what about the Ellen shows? Does that come soon after? Yeah, the next thing that came after the Joey thing um, was the Kendrick Lamar thing. Oh, and then, okay. and then yeah. How did that happen? So the Kendrick thing was crazy. I uh, When I was on there that first day, you know, in my interview, I think they asked, like, who are you, you know, fucking with right now? Okay. And I'd say Kendrick is my favorite of, like, the, you know. The, in, the, like, 2017? Yeah. Safe bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they remembered that. And what I didn't realize at the time was like they they as much as I appreciated being able to go on the show and, and have that opportunity to be seen next to Joey. Mm-hmm. Um, that video was like one of the biggest videos on their channel, like at, at, at that time. Right. Um, and so they were really appreciative of kind of like the viral content, you mm-hmm. know. So they remembered that um, I had mentioned Kendrick. And so then when, when Kendrick eventually came on the show to do promo, they hit me up. And uh, it was crazy. I was supposed to go on the station for something else. We were going to promote this festival that I was a part of. And then I got a text that that was canceled. And then I immediately got a call from the station and I answered and I was like, what's up? And they're like, yo, you were supposed to come on to do this promo thing. It got canceled because Kendrick's coming on. Uh And I thought they were just like alerting me to like listen in. And so I was like, oh, dope. All right. I'll I'll be sure to check it out. Uh They're like, nah, man, we want you to come by and do the same thing you did with Joey, but for Kendrick. Right. And I was like mad terrified you know like i'm not ready to do that yeah um because i didn't feel like i was ready to meet him like he's like you know i'm i'm such a fan right 
Uh, but of course, like, I'm not going to say no. So uh, I said, yeah, let's do it. They were like, be here in an hour. And uh, just drove down to the station, uh, went in there, super nervous. You could tell on the video that one, too. I'm like, you know, yeah. you could tell I'm nervous when I walk in. What was your observation of him? Do you get a chance to talk to him and stuff? Or, like, what was the vibe like? Yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't get a, a long opportunity to, like, really build with him or anything like uh -huh. that. But uh, he was super cool, man. I mean, he was like doodling on a on a piece of paper that was there like really? most of the time. Yeah, yeah. He just seemed to be uh, very like in an art space. You know what I mean? Like a creative kind of like space. That's so um, interesting. Yeah. Maybe I should doodle more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I've started doodling ever since I did. Like a pen and <laughs> like I was just sitting here just like drawing something while we were talking. <laughs> Would that be distracting? Kind of, I would just be wondering what you were drawing the whole time. Yeah, I feel like inevitably the conversation would steer towards what I was drawing. Because <laughs> yeah. it's such a strange thing to be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then what was Ellen like? Um, Ellen. Uh, so Ellen came after that. Um, it was crazy. There's all these different steps to get on the show, you know? So it's like, it was like first um, an assistant to a producer found my videos and was like, oh, you'd be dope for the show. And mm. they contacted me. And then, you know, you submit like a portfolio of some kind i can't remember what it was like links to my videos or something like that right. and then they pitch you up to the next producer and then they do a zoom call and all this all, you keep kind of getting pitched up the ladder uh but what was crazy was eventually ellen actually called me right before the show um it was wild like i got a text from my contact at the show and uh she was basically like your phone's gonna ring in 10 minutes and you have to answer it uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I was like actually at the doctor when i got the text which is real crazy i was like well, you know just for like a regular checkup but right. i was like waiting for the doctor to finish his spiel and my phone started <laughs> ringing i was like yo i, I, I gotta, gotta take this <laughs> yeah sorry i gotta answer this he was like yeah you're basically healthy you can go uh so halfway out the door answer it and just, you know, hi harry this is ellen degeneres uh, i'm excited to have you they on the have show call you directly Apparently not normally. It was like a special thing. Yeah, I feel like her schedule is probably like, I mean, it just seems so unnecessary. Yeah. Like, yeah. why can't her assistant just let you know that she's happy to, that you're coming through? I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would have shown up even if she didn't call me. You yeah. Know? Just give me the time and date. I guess that's nice. Though. She has such a reputation. She really got canceled there at some point. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah. Yeah. She do anything crazy? She call you call you any names or anything? <laughs> <laughs> no, she was I mean, the the interaction is so limited to what you see in the show. Right. Like I don't you know, you don't talk to her before you go out there. Right. Um, everything is just through people coming back and forth between her and you. And then they're like, All right, it's go time. Three, two, one, head on out. So right. like the first time I hug her out on screen is literally the first time I met her. Right. Yeah. That makes sense to me. But she was cool to me, you know, I mean, in my experience. I mean, very little, you know, the interview was chill or whatever, and that was it. Right. <laughs> as long as she didn't abuse you, I just want to make sure. No, 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 I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. All right, so when, like, over time, have you just kind of, like, figured out your style on YouTube? Like, what has that process been like in terms of figuring out what, what works for your audience? Uh, yeah, it's been sort of um, basically just through trial and error of trying out different things that seemed interesting to me mm. and then uh, and then leaning into the things that that work for me and also work for the audience. So like that first video in Venice kind of set the tone mm. of like the, you know, man on the street freestyle concept right. um, going up to strangers and trying to blow people's minds. Yeah. So I started a series called Gorilla Bars, which is basically based on that. It's just going, you know, um, going all over LA to like popular spots and, and uh, bringing the Bluetooth speaker and freestyling for strangers. Right. Um, and what is that like compared to doing it on fucking Omegle or whatever the software yeah, uses? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's more nerve-wracking to do it in person because mm. there's more distractions, you know. Right. Um, 
and you're out there in public and there's so much going on. Uh, but it's exciting, man. It's fun, you know? Like, it's, it's dope. Right. When did the Omega or Omegle? I call it Omegle, but okay. I think it is Omegle. Oh, I think right. I've been calling it the wrong way the whole time. I haven't been on there in a long time. But that's good. Yeah, that's do a, you feel like you always need an audience for your content? Like, does that just make it way more appealing to your audience? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, the biggest thing we do is Omegle bars now. Right. And Gorilla Bars is the second biggest thing we do. Uh, and then I do stuff that's just like freestyling, like creating EPs and projects, like you know, using my process, freestyling to basically create songs, right. um, which is like the core audience fucks with it, but it's less popular than the reaction-based stuff. Interesting. So I think really like my niche on YouTube anyway is reaction-based content with a freestyle angle. You right. know, it's seeing people get their mind blown, like seeing people thinking it's going to be whack, and then realizing like, oh shit, this is actually fire. Right. That's kind of a big part of the appeal to that content. So there's still a lot of people on Omegle. Yeah. Because I remember going on it with my friends back in the day, and it would be mostly dudes jerking off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's still there's still some dudes jerking off on. You there. can't do it on Twitch or anything because you're gonna find too many people jerking off. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> it's, it's like immediately against the terms of service. <laughs> do you see that like all the time though when you're like when you're Dicks? trying to film like when you're trying uh, to find people to rap in front of? Surprisingly and... <laughs> little because they added uh, now they added uh, these topic filters. Oh really? So you can like type like what you're interested in. So you could type like you know hip hop or music or whatever the fuck and it matches you with people who have entered the the similar topics and it does it actually an amazingly good job of filtering the dicks like wow. uh, we have like 60 episodes of amigo bars i've probably seen like you know in all the time shooting all that content i've seen like maybe like 15 dicks or something wow. like that. Yeah. that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that this technology has been invented so that you don't have to see dicks yeah it's great man yeah. it's nice you know i appreciate it thank god yeah um <laughs> yeah it's, it's funny because like such a huge percentage of the people that you end up rapping in front of think it's fake right are like mind blown because it's you're probably the most high profile person who's using this service on a regular <laughs> basis i would think uh like what yeah is that is are those the two main things that always happen or like what, what do people always say when you click on their shit they always say damn you have a nice camera uh, okay. that's always yeah. the first thing because uh, they recognize it's like i'm like in a studio every time yep. i get on zoom with somebody they say that yeah, yeah. Do just you use like a DSLR or you just use it? Just because in my back house, like I stream on Twitch and stuff. So yeah, yeah I have a DSLR and like yeah. people are always like blown away. And I know. It's mm -hmm. so extra for Zoom. It's kind of annoying. I yeah. wanted to just have a webcam for Zoom specifically. So right. I'm not always like, you know, freaking people out. Right. <laughs> Definitely. What uh, what have been some of the most notable moments that have happened while you've been entertaining random people? Um, Let me think. Let me think. On Amigle, uh, there's been like a puppet show. There was a guy that was just like doing puppet puppetry on there. That was kind of crazy. There were freaky looking puppets that looked like Chucky in them. Wow. Um, yeah. What else? Do you ever start freestyling for somebody and then they start jerking off? That luckily has not happened. Really? Okay. But people have done other sketchy things like while I'm freestyling. Like I'm what? Just like, yo, like, I stop. Uh, like doing like crazy drugs and shit like on the. They start shooting heroin while you're rapping? Never that, but like definitely like what appears to be like crack pipes or pipes that not like it, they're not smoking weed. They're wow. smoking someone else out of a pipe. That's crazy. Yeah, it's why. And then I just stopped the freestyle. I'm like, dog, like, what, you know. Yeah, I can't put this on. YouTube. What are you doing? But yeah. actually, that sounds like great clickbait right there. He's, I'm sure it would go. He yeah. smoked crack mid freestyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. You could blur it, you know. Yeah, well, I don't See, know. My, my brain goes to, like, let's make the best out of any situation. Yeah, no, that's smart. That's smart. Really, like, that, to, to me, the person smoking crack seems like a fucking jackpot. It probably would have gone viral, you know, mm. but I just think it just doesn't work for my, for my be, brand. Be more open-minded uh, to, yeah, to crack right. smoking. <laughs> what, do you go out of your way to keep your brand somewhat safe? Uh, I just try to keep it like, uh, I, 
don't know. I, I guess I don't go out of my way to keep it safe. I just try to keep it like really authentic to you know who I am and 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 uh, try to keep it cool for everybody. You know. Mm. Do you get brand deals and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. What are like the most notable ones? Anything? Um. Well, in terms of, I, I can't even think. What is it like? Uh, we do a lot of corporate. I do like virtual performances for companies. Really? Yeah, like on Zoom. So you show up on the Zoom call and you'll rap about all the people exactly. from the office. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Have you had to do a lot of? Pro- I feel like my brain would just. Say, I would say so many offensive things if I were just <laughs> to be like observing people because you have so little to go on. It's like, you know, like their hair. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Got glasses. You we got, pull you up got the, a nose ring. We oh. pull up the chat, and then people type words in and shit like that. Oh, so that makes it that makes it okay. easier. That makes it easier. But okay. I do rap about what I can see and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I would be so scared of because I just feel like freestyling. I would just say the wrong thing. I'd say something offensive so easily. <laughs> have you ever have you ever had a moment where you said something so fucking bad, and then you just had to try to get past it so that people wouldn't notice or focus on it? No, not 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 because the thing is, luckily, I didn't start doing it till I was very proficient at freestyling. Mm. So that whole filter thing was in effect. You know, okay. I could I could like dial it back if I like worst case scenario, if it's like going in that direction at all, I'll just like nip it in the bud and like just say some filler shit, you right. know, kill time. I can always like keep a continuous flow going so no one will notice. Yeah. But yeah, no, I haven't had to do that. But is that like. Does that feel like a compromise or like bad freestyling to you if you do too much filler? Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never really want to be doing any filler at all if I can avoid it. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. How uh how often you hear like rap songs that impress you with like their flows or like different types of flows? Do you, do you feel like you pick up new flows or is, is there any like attempt to stay current with the way you rap? Um yeah, I mean, I, I get inspired by all kinds of flows that I hear, uh, whether it's like on some boom bap shit or or like more modern, like trap type of rhythms and stuff, you know, like I uh, I guess my style has modernized kind of like organically. Like mm-hmm. I used to only really rap on like boom bap type beats, you know, for the longest time, like when I was learning how to freestyle when I was young and stuff like we weren't ever rapping on like, you know, on any anything that would resemble a trap beat or anything of that nature. Mm. But uh, but now I do rap on both, and I like rapping on both, and I get inspired by like the different like triplet rhythms and double time rhythms and shit that I hear. Yeah, like okay, if we put on like a trap beat and I said rap like the Migos, <laughs> yeah, yeah, would yeah. you be able to like basically do that flow off the top of your head? Yeah, really, I think so. That's interesting. People ever hit you with requests like that? That happened. I was on. Yeah, I was on. Uh, um, uh, Bootleg Kev and DJ Head. Oh, okay. And uh, they were just throwing out words. And they threw out the Migos, and I went into the Migos flow, and it was like the hypest part of the of the freestyle. Everyone oh, in the comments was like, "Yo, the Migos flow." That's epic. Yeah, yeah. I like that idea. Like, yeah. what if it like put on like a drill beat? Like, would you be able to like to sort of like seamlessly hop into that pocket? Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I enjoy that. That's what I enjoy the most about freestyling is like any different type of beat, I can kind of like find a flow that's gonna match it. Right. Yeah. Nice. So, how are you uh, monetizing outside of just YouTube? Like, like, what's the business of Harry Mac look like for? Yeah, so it's a bunch of different um, income streams. You know, obviously there's there's YouTube as you mentioned, where the videos are monetized. Um, Facebook videos monetized, and then we do uh, live streams. Your Facebook goes crazy. Yeah, uh, more than YouTube. Uh, sometimes, like the highest mm. highs on Facebook go way higher than YouTube, but it's then crazy, it'll, right? it'll drop into lows, and it's mm. it's more volatile for me. Interesting. Um, whereas YouTube is just a bit more consistent. Yeah, but um. 
so there's that we we i stream a lot so for that there's like donations during the stream a lot of times it's like people are donating to have their word incorporated into the freestyle and things like that mm. um and uh on we, twitch on YouTube, you Twitch, YouTube. Okay. Facebook, everywhere. Oh, you stream on all the platforms at once? Not at once, uh -huh. but like we cycle through the through the month. So if I do like one stream a week, first it'll be on YouTube, then it'll be on Facebook, then it'll be on Twitch. Wow, well, that's interesting. I feel like I don't know anybody who splits their streaming between three. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like I'm really lucky. the The type of stream that I do, it just it kind of works. Like wherever we show up to do it, really, it works. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What, what, do you notice a difference in your fan bases between the three crowds? Uh, yeah, they have a different feel, kind of, which is weird to me. Like, I wouldn't expect it to be that way. Yeah. Um, For sure, when I look at our comments, Facebook is the most normie fucking place on the planet. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just mind-blowing. Yeah, Facebook is wild. It's Usually Facebook, place. they have no idea who is in the clip. Right. Like, on YouTube, usually they, like, know and they're interested yeah. in the person that's somewhat nuanced. Usually Facebook is, like, the person is just finding out about rap music for the first time <laughs> in this clip. Like, oh, this is a rapper? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Facebook is, is, the, is the craziest one for sure. And Facebook is where they have the most, like, fake Harry Mack accounts that are, like, replying to people and spamming people and trying to get people's bank information and things like that. Oh, wow. You deal with uh, that a lot? Yeah, we kind of randomly. Yeah, it comes in waves. Wow, that yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's whack. Holy shit. You don't have that? You must have that. Oh, yeah, constantly. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, all yeah. kinds of people emailing yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, got, I've gotten so sick of responding to people asking about it that I, know. I, I just don't even say anything, and then they get scammed, and then they email me. And A guy I mean, took me to court because he got scammed. Wow. Like, I had to show up. Wow. But, he, but nothing happened. He got, yeah, the judge threw it out. The judge basically like ridiculed him in front of me, and it was... Wow. Kind of pleasing, but also like sad. I mean, don't give your bank info to anyone on the internet. Like, yeah. No, this guy just like sent five grand to somebody who was pretending. He was, it was a guy who was pretending to be my employee, okay. scamming him for a blue face verse. So, wait, it, what? It was a guy who didn't work for me. Yeah. Getting money for a blue face verse. And because the guy was pretending to work for me, the guy who spent the five grand on the blue face verse thought that I should pay for this. So the guy assumed that your employee was brokering blueface verses? Yes, this person who does not work for me. Wow. <laughs> it's a very strange experience. That's bizarre. Bro. And I had to go to court in Compton for this. Wow. Yeah. Damn. It was an experience. It goes crazy out there. It was very weird, yeah. Wow. Especially me just being someone who knows blueface. It was even weirder. I like kinda, right. In my head, I'm kind of like blaming him. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. What, what do you feel like? gets your audience like what what does your audience want do you ever feel like they're kind of getting sick of the freestyling thing what do you have to do to switch it up etc uh i think there's kind of different layers to my audience but i think for sure the biggest thing is people love the amigo content mm. like the most really um yeah and then so my challenge is less like having to switch it up to keep it interesting for the fans it's more so carving out the space to switch it up when i want to mm. when they're so used to me doing this amigo thing and that's what everyone loves the most right so like we used to do like through quarantine uh, we did the amigo bars videos every friday because mm -hmm. um, i was just stuck at home and yeah. I, you know like i didn't have anything else to do so it's easy would, it's profitable yeah so what the fuck else are you doing yeah. yeah people loved it i liked making it you know so mm. it was just a win-win um but then as things started opening back up or just as I kind of like started getting interested in switching it up for myself, because I have to keep it, you know, fun for me. Mm. Um, 
that part was a challenge. So like a few months back, we, start, we were like, all right, we're not going to do Amigo Bars every Friday. We're going to cycle through different types of content on Fridays. And that was kind of like the biggest pushback we got from the audience. It was like, no, keep doing the Omegle thing. Mm. Uh, but, you know, just like anything else, there's, there's a period of rub and then it, it normalizes and it kind of settles back down. People get on board with the new schedule and it's all, it's all good. Right. Yeah. yeah. How do you manage that? Like, where do you feel like you're getting your creative output put in? Like, you know, as opposed to like doing the Omegle stuff, which... I feel like I'm getting the vibe that it feels like you're kind of just clocking in on the job because it's so automatic for you. <laughs> now, nah, the thing is, I do truly enjoy making the Omegle shit. Like, the, the fact of the matter is I love freestyling, mm. period. Like, and freestyling is best when there's an audience and when there's some kind of live interaction mm. and some kind of randomization of people throwing you words. So, yeah, I don't want it to sound like I just clock in and do Omegle because I have to. I do love making that content. It's dope for me, too. Um, I think for me, it's just about keeping everything in balance, you know, so the Amigo content is dope, but if that's all I'm doing, then I'm going to get sick of it. So it's like balancing that with doing the gorilla stuff out in public. Um, we're on tour right now, actually. Mm -hmm. So, so getting out and doing live shows, we're back in LA for a little bit, but we just did our first leg of a tour and are going back out soon. So what's your tour like? Um, the it's, it's dope. It's dope. We've, we just finished the first leg, um, went down through uh, started in LA, went down through San Diego, through Texas, up to Nashville, through Florida, uh, hit Phoenix, Arizona on the way back. And now we're chilling for a minute before we go back out. Wow. Um, but uh, it's crazy. It's been fun, man. It's a fully, so I'm doing a fully improvised show. Really? So it's an hour. There's and no structure to it. You're just making it up as you go. There's structure. Okay. But uh, all the lyrics are made up. Like there's right. no, there's no uh, pre-written lyrics. It's all improvised. So right. um, it's dope. There's a, so there's like a QR code. Uh, people digitally submit words. We collect a bank of like words and topics. We're able to show those on like a big screen behind me. Oh wow! And uh, I'm freestyling and creating songs. But it's it's uh, it's not just like an hour long of continuous like free flow. It's like uh, we create hooks and shit like that, and like the, the crowd's like yelling out the hooks and shit like that. We just make it up all on stage. Wow. Yeah. What's like your average venue size that you're doing this? To? Uh, they're like three to five hundred cap rooms, couple of seven hundred cap rooms mixed in. Sick. Yeah. And what's what's the vibe like for the audience? Like, like I don't know. What's 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 a Harry Mack crowd like? Uh, it's dope, man. It's amazing. It's like I have a super positive audience mm. uh, and community. It's just super like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, for lack of a better word, it's just a very positive, supportive community. Everybody's there for a good time. It's like, it's wild, though. It's like a wide range of ages, mm. you know, uh, young to old. Uh, it's, it's a mix, man. It's a mix. You feel like you have a lot of fans who will, like, go to see you repeatedly? Like, you see the yeah. same faces out there? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a couple guys that, are, that have been to, like, nine shows already. Oh, wow. And are coming to, like, you know, nine more. That's sick. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, so there's some... And the thing is, the show's different every time, you yeah. know? So you can do that, and it's not like you're just seeing the exact same set every time. It's, like, you know, completely different songs and lyrics every night. Did you ever think about getting in a battle rap? Uh, yeah, I... Uh, Everybody asked me that, you know, because it's like obviously the skill set would transfer. Right. Um, but although nowadays, like the battles are, are written, yeah, so it's always, not a freestyle yeah. thing. Uh, there was an era though where it probably I probably could have uh, could have done that. Mm. But the thing is, I'm not really down with like the, I'm. I'm <sighs> You're not trying to be a vicious asshole on camera. Yeah. <laughs> they have to be so mean to each other. That's it's what just I'm part saying. Part of the job. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And like, it's dope. I, I have a huge level of respect for it. You yeah. know, those cats are are phenomenal. And I think like <laughs> that is one of the spaces where like 
top tier lyricism lives right now, you mm. know, in the battle scene. Like some of the shit they're doing is 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 mind blowing from a lyrical standpoint. But yeah, for me, it's like I just can't dedicate that much time to like coming up with how to diss another person, right? Like another individual. It just seems like it's I, not you. You seem I, like a pretty good natured guy. I try to be, man. I yeah. try to. I'm all about lifting people up, man, and creating like a, a, a positive energy, you know, through the music and and engaging people through through the rhymes and shit like that. So right. it's just not a good fit for me. I've been in a couple battles yeah. when I was a kid, but I kind of uh, saw behind the veil a little bit when I was at the uh, the Drake birthday battle bash because I'm realizing that these people are saying the worst shit ever. They're rapping about shooting each other's kids and shit. Right. And, and then afterwards, I see them smoking a blunt and getting a drink together. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. ah, so you don't fucking hate each other. Okay. <laughs> that, this makes so much more sense to me now because before I was kind of wondering like why y'all all had so much animosity. Okay. Right. I mean, it's like professional wrestling or yeah. something, right? Like, it's, it's kind of a, it's an act. Uh, you know, they're putting on a good show for the audience. I think there's a fair amount of people who actually hate each other, but, okay. like, they're battling so much that there's no way that they all have this, like, <laughs> long-standing feud with each other and shit. You know? Yeah, they can't all hate that many people. Yeah, definitely. That's funny. Um, okay, and so, yeah, I don't know. Like, wh wh where do you see this going? Do you have any plans for how you could uh, take shit to the next level? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, this tour, like, cause this is my first time going out like this, um, okay. and, and doing shows. It's just been super inspiring. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I want to scale that like already on this tour, you, we're only like a third of the way through it. And I'm like, yo, let's, let's blow this up bigger, mm -hmm. um, bigger venues and, and keep doing that. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think a big, a big space that I want to explore, like in the second half of the year when we're off tour, excuse me, is, um, continuing to like create music projects just using my process of, of freestyling you know I think like historically if you look at the great freestylers um a lot of time like the 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 conversation around it is like oh okay like they're a dope freestyler but they don't make songs mm. um I think now we have plenty of examples of people who have kind of like blurred that line or successfully like crossed you know brought the two worlds together like juice world yeah uh, rest in peace yeah and what do you think of somebody like juice world who realistically like he's yeah, he's such a one-of-a-kind artist in that way. Yeah. Because even almost all the rappers who get on the radio shows and shit and, and freestyle, it's like they're usually oh, yeah. spitting or written. Like, when you really think about it, yeah, the Juice World was like fucking superhuman in that Oh, regard. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm a huge fan. It's crazy because I, I wasn't like super up on his music when it was coming out, to be mm. completely honest with you. Like I, I, uh, but um, I have become a huge fan as I learned about his process. Mm. And it was interesting because people would like mention him in, in my comment section, you know, because everything I do is off top. And so people would be like, yo, Juice World is like, you know, the, the goat of, of doing shit off top. And so, um, no, man, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I think he's definitely an, an anomaly in that way. And yeah, the, I mean, the term freestyle doesn't really mean off top anymore. You know, it's yeah. Is that do you find that to be a, a negative thing, or like, do you think it's unfortunate that freestyling like almost doesn't exist with the current crop of popular rappers? Um, not really. Like, I don't see it as unfortunate because I'm like, I'm like still a huge fan of those a lot of those freestyles, like yeah. you know, funk flex freestyles and shit. I mean, I, I listen to them and I love them just as a fan of lyricism. Yeah. I think it's confusing from a terminology standpoint because <laughs> yeah. a lot of and then and then you end up in this place where like people are comparing my off top freestyle to like you know somebody's written freestyle mm. and they're like, oh, this dude Harry Mack is not he's not doing shit compared to the, to, to this. You know, yeah. that's a very uh, Facebook comment. Like, this isn't a freestyle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. or yeah. I'll forever have like some some girl saying like, oh. Check out this freestyle that that this dude I know did, and I'm watching it. And it's just so obviously not freestyle. And I'm like, you seriously fucking believe that this right. is not written? Right. Yeah. I know it's it's kind of baffling the, the lack of sort of like knowledge that people have or understanding. Yeah.
understanding of how rap works. And not even now, it's just common sense. Because it's yeah. like, can't you listen to him rap and tell that this is written right. versus not written? Like, I could always tell. I right, feel, right, right. Me know? too, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to blur the line. Like, that's my yeah. whole goal is to, like, when people hear me, I don't want it to be like, oh, it was dope for a freestyle. Mm. You know what I mean? My, that, my whole mission is to have people hear it and be like, yo, it was dope. So, so what is the process of, like, sort of combining freestyling and, and really making records? Like, what does that look like for you? Um, the, uh, the biggest thing was just like introducing song form into it because you know, I used to just freestyle continue, you know, a thousand bars at a time continually. Yeah. And so it was just, uh, you know, uh, realizing how to structure out a song with verses and, and choruses and kind of bringing that into what I do. Yeah. Um, which is kind of a newer thing that I feel like is unique to the way that I freestyle is that like I'll have hooks, you know, in the freestyle that come back around um, and things like that. So uh, I think that's a big part of it. And just going in the booth more and just freestyling and, and uh, with, a, with a topic in mind, mm. you know. Um, that's dope. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always think about this one time I was in the studio with YNW Melly and he just like freestyled off the top of his head for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Damn. And then his manager goes over to the engineer and basically like tells him what parts to use. Yeah. And that became the verse in some song that was like a yeah. big song. And it was just so fucking crazy to me to see the way that it was a freestyle. Right. But then they basically like ripped it apart and made it into something that was nothing like the original right. freestyle. It was fucking mind blowing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's a process that I, that I want to explore more too is mm. just freestyling kind of open-endedly and then, and then picking the moments. Um, the thing is, I'm so obsessed with the raw creative. I love freestyling. I love mm. the part of rapping endlessly, but I'm not as uh, into the part of like chopping shit up. Like it's nice to have that other per that third party, you know, like in that in, in the example you just gave of the manager coming up and be like, yo, this, yeah. then this, then this. Because um, for me, I'm just like, all right, throw the next beat on and let's keep freestyling. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. Is there uh, anything else coming up on the horizon that we should know about anything that the fans need to look out for um man just right now it's the energy exchange tour man mm. uh there's still a few cities that still have tickets available um most of the shows are selling out though so um definitely looking forward to see more fans out on the road um yeah and we're just gonna keep going hard with the content on on youtube for sure yeah you you, you go hard on tiktok yeah yep yeah we post every day on tiktok mm, i bet tiktok loves your shit huh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dope. TikTok's been cool. Are you the one making the decisions about what parts of your freestyles are actually the best parts that should go on TikTok, or is there somebody else making these? No, calls? no, no. My my uh, team member is the one that's chopping up this stuff and, and putting it out on socials. That's a lot of faith that you're putting in them, though. Yeah, but everything goes through a process of like first it hits long form and then it gets chopped into the uh, mm. into the shorter clips. So everything's kind of like I know what's out there that could be clipped. Nice. You know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And then after that, I, I kind of like to have somebody else choose what goes out so that I can just keep keep freestyling and focusing on the craft. Nice. Yeah. You in a relationship? Yeah. Does she freestyle? No, but she hears <laughs> <laughs> she hears more freestyles than she ever thought she'd hear in her life. Really? Oh yeah, especially during quarantine. She's not a rap fan. Uh, like she, she's a fan of Harry Mack, you know. My girl has a very <laughs> bare bones rap knowledge, to be honest. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, right? Everyone thinks that you're going to have the same music taste as your partner or something like that. But yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. Was she listening to death metal or something? Uh, no, she listens to like, you know, like indie rock. Mm. Taylor Swift? Uh, not so much Taylor Swift, I don't think. Really? Um, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Maybe we could turn her into a, what, yeah. what are her fans called? Swifties? <laughs> Is that a thing? Am I making that up? I can't remember. Yeah. It's, more, it's like Florence and the Machine. Ooh. Yeah. I think my girl likes them. Yeah. I have no idea. It sounds like something that I probably 
heard in like 2009. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Harry Mack, appreciate you coming on, man. Hey, man. Big love to you, bro. Thank you so much for having me on here, man. For sure. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, etc. Like, comment, and subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate you, man. Appreciate you.